So, yeah, I'm David, uh, David Yebsley, and the author of the book, Future Proof Yourself, as you can see, nicely advertised behind me. Um, and I wrote this last, last year, and I'll explain more about why I wrote it and how I wrote it and how I came up with this concept. Um, but if there's any questions after today, because we're going to try and cover quite a lot in an hour, um, lots of different ideas to, to help us all out. But if there are any questions, please just drop me an email. Happy to do 30 minutes with you. Um, more, more than happy to do that. I do have a YouTube channel as well. So a lot of the content that we're covering today is also on the YouTube channel. Obviously, I'm ferociously doing lots of LinkedIn these days, lots of posts, lots of connections with people. And the lovely picture of me at the top is my podcast, uh, which is also on the YouTube channel, which is lots of interviews with different people and how they've developed themselves through their careers. And I'll make reference to some of that as, as, as I go along. Um, so the key thing sort of today is to create a bit of, you know, quality, but constant reflection time. Um, and if anybody wants a copy of a review document that I use, um, you know, just email me and I'm more than happy to send that off to you um, and explain sort of a bit how that works. So where have I got all these ideas from? Well, I've been running my training company, The People Animators, for 21 years this September. So I'm gonna have to have a big celebration. Um, and I've worked with all sorts of organizations, anything from the big bankers in the city to charitable organizations, construction companies, manufacturing, um, small and large multinationals and I've run lots of different programs in leadership and management and personal effectiveness and it's my real passion I love how people learn I love how people develop and grow and, and, and move on and one of my key things over the years is more about yeah personal development how do we manage ourselves plus also what I'm going to talk about comes from a lot of coaching conversations and there again I've coached all different levels of people and I love that because I love to understand how businesses work, you know, from the top to the bottom, out to different areas. And it's amazing what you find because quite often the people at the top don't tell you what the people at the bottom will tell you. And I had one of those this morning, actually. Um, somebody phoned me up and wanted to have a conversation with me. And I got so much information out of him. And I know if I'd spoken to his directors, they wouldn't have told me what he told me. So, yeah, it, it's fascinating how you find the different learnings from different areas. And... Over the years, I've started to develop this concept of we've got to look after ourselves and future-proof ourselves. And the message is, if we don't look after ourselves, who's going to do it for us? So if you don't look after you, who's going to do it for you? And as I said, you know, creating the reflection time is really important. And what we're going to talk about, future-proofing is obviously quite a big subject. But I'm just going to talk specifically today about looking at future opportunities. But how did I decide that I wanted to sort of think about the future proofing? Well, it takes me back to the 1980s, 1982, when I was leaving school, Homer Green Secondary School, which is near High Wycombe in Buckinghamshire. And unfortunately, at school, I didn't really get school. Um, I'm not sure school really got me either. And I wasn't, it wasn't I didn't try hard. My teachers never said, he doesn't try hard. He tries hard. He just doesn't get it. Uh, I never understood academia, but what I've been brilliant at is learning from my experiences. And one experience as I came towards the end of my education, because I left school at 16, that really hit me was that one, it literally, it is this time of year, 1982. I was walking home from school after perhaps my last exams. 
and I was walking down my road and I noticed my dad's car was parked in the driveway and I thought that's a bit strange what's my dad doing at home already he never normally used to get home at, until about 6.30 and it was about 4.30. So I was walking down the road with my friends and we all said goodbye to each other and I went into the house and my dad was in the, uh, the lounge in his chair and he was crying. And I said, what's the matter? He said, they don't need me anymore. I said, what do you mean they don't need you anymore? He says, I've been made redundant. Sorry. And I've never seen my dad cry. Uh, you know, dads don't cry. And, you know, your dad's, you know, he was my rock. And he said, no, they don't need me anymore. And he'd worked for the same company for about 30 years. And he was a very clever scientist. And he was involved in the manufacturing of precious metals. And, yeah, it had a real big impact to me. And as I left school that summer, I went to work, work for a big life assurance company in High Wycombe. You know, I'm surprised they gave, I was supposed to have five O levels, but I only ended up with one. But luckily I got a good reference from somehow and they, they gave me a job. And I saw lots of my dads there and they'd been doing the same job for many years. And at the time I didn't really think much about it until about four years later, I, I forced myself to leave. And then obviously getting into training and development, I started to think about this and I thought, and what now? How am I, as David, going to future-proof himself and look after himself? And that's where I got the idea of, of, of the book and the YouTube channel and all these uh, different sessions that I'm now running. So that's a little bit of history behind there. And I quite often think about this. But the thing that I want us to think about today, which is a real crucial aspect of what we're going to talk about, is that we're all a limited company. I'm, my, in my eyes, we should all have to register ourselves at Companies House. And the big challenge is, how are you going to keep the doors of your limited company open? Who knows when we're going to have the opportunity to retire? And what's been thrown at us this year has put another span in the spanner in the works. And when I dropped my son off at his, um, his first day of his graduate program, as he got out of the car, I said, Matt, enjoy the next 50 years of your life. I won't tell you how he replied. But the harsh reality is, of his generation, they're going to have to perhaps work until their 70s because we're never going to go back to the you know the wonderful pensions that we've had in the past and this really got me thinking about yeah how are we going to keep our doors open with new technology new ways of thinking new ways of working and then obviously lockdown happened which has just escalated a lot of the stuff that we're going to talk about what i'm going to talk about isn't just to do lockdown it's relevant anyway we're all perhaps in different situations and forced into situations because of lockdown so we need to learn how to be our sales sales team of our company we need to be our finance team our L&D learning and development we need to be our research uh, we need to be our production we need to be blooming good at what we do so why else would people want to employ our companies and that's a real concept uh, important concept and then another really important concept of what we're going to talk about, there's no them and they. Um, it's what I can do. It's what we can do. It's what me can do. I'm not going to, I'd never sit here and blame and moan about them and they, because in my eyes, it's just a waste of energy and negativity. And as I'll go on to talk about, there's certain, certain people at the moment I wouldn't even dream of talking to because I just create all that negativity and bring you down. So let's crack on with this. So have any of us ever decided to eat well or perhaps go on a diet? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I've perhaps been eating a little bit too much uh, over lockdown. 
have you ever decided to go to the gym or running or walking or fitness classes or in my case go cycling yeah definitely have i ever done a spring clean yeah i've sort of you know cleared out a few of the rooms and sort of set up my uh, uh conference video conference area here up here in my loft certainly done that certainly got financial planning advice and yeah cleared out old clothes and things but how often have you sat down and thought have i invested in my self-development because it is the most important investment you'll ever make and that's the constant message that i want to get across to people always be learning always be developing always you know thinking about how you're going to keep your limited company going and if anyone's ever watched any of the youtube videos that warren buffett does and talks about his investments but he goes on to talk about the greatest asset you'll ever have is yourself so you need to invest in yourself. And those of us that have perhaps sat through appraisals and PDRs in companies and sat there, oh, do I have to do this? And coaching sessions with my manager, and oh, do I have to do this? Yes, it's self-responsibility and it's good practice. Um, I've been watching some of the wonderful Netflix programs, um, Michael Jordan, and this week I've been watching um, Usain Bolt. And they all sit down with their coaches on a regular basis and reflect and think about what they're doing and how they're going to maximise their potential, maximise how great they are and the Williams sisters and people like that. And I think we can learn a lot from those people. But for some reason, we don't always like to sit down and do it. And I always say to people, if your manager is useless at this, you should be doing it yourself. It's professional responsibility. So it is tough out there. But I think we all need to sort of elbows out a bit I have a plan, I'm organised, I'm highly motivated, I have the ability to think differently and I'm working hard to make it happen and I'll only ever focus on what I can control. I'm not going to worry about what them and they are doing. And this is a real, really important thing that I think we need to do and we'll come and talk about our vulnerabilities in a little while and I'm sure we've all had them through lockdown, I certainly have, but I've sat down and thought, right David, what are you going to do about it? because nobody else is going to do it for you. So anybody got an idea who this might be? Some people say they think it might have been me, but I wish I've never had hair that good. His name was Stephen Sasson, and in 1978, he invented this. Any takers? what that is Polaroid camera was this a camera absolutely yeah. a digital, digital camera digital yeah oh, it's right. the first prototype of Kodak's digital camera and I know some of you on this uh, call will be able to remember we used to have these cameras and you used to go on holiday and buy some film and put the film in the camera go and take 24 pictures there's none of this none of looking oh does my bum look big in this and you know do, have they got my best side you got home from your holiday, you took the film out, you put it in an envelope with a cheque for 49p and you put it in the post box and then two, year, two weeks later, hopefully your pictures would turn up or you take them down to the chemist. Trying to explain that to my daughter has been quite a challenge. Um, but what happened to Kodak in the 70s and 80s, they were one of the greatest brands in the whole of the world. They were up there with Kodak and Adidas. The thing is, in my eyes, they didn't future-proof themselves. And there's lots of other organizations that we could accuse of this. Blockbuster. 
The reason that they didn't digitalize all their films is because they made more money out of late returns than selling snacks and they actually did selling film. And so obviously they then thought, well, that would put us out of business. And so Netflix did it instead. And that's the same with Kodak because they spent, they saved more, made more money out of film than they did actually out of cameras. It's a bit like your print printers. You can buy a printer really cheap, but to buy a set of inkjet cartridges is more than the printer most times. So they didn't future-proof themselves. I do a lot of work in the um, construction industry. And for a lot of people in the construction industry, they never thought they'd be flying drones to map out construction sites. Farmers, they never thought that their tractors would be governed by satellite to maximize the plowing and the seeding and the harvesting of their crops. It's really clever stuff. And if you've ever been in one of those huge tractors and it's been governed by a satellite around a farmer's field, it feels really weird, but it's great technology. So there's companies that have future-proofed themselves and companies that haven't. And as I always say to people, do you want to end up like Kodak? You've got to keep your limited company open, new ways of working, new ways of thinking. So I don't know about you, but I've certainly felt very vulnerable. Um, I run a training business for 20 years, doing lots of training with lots of different companies. And in March, the plug was pulled on everything. Even stuff in December and November, people said, no, we're cancelling the lot. And I'm going, oh, wah, wah, wah. no, got to cancel it. So yes, I'm doing webinars into companies, but not as much as I'd like. And obviously, I'm having to come up with new ways of working. And I'm working blooming hard at it. I'm not going down without a fight, that's for sure. And yeah, this is the new normal for a lot of us. Whatever that normal is going to end up like, looking like, we've got to think that we've got to adapt and change. In my eyes, what was happening and what's going to happen with the, the working world was going to happen anyway in the next two or three years. This has just speeded up the process and directors and managers in businesses have finally just had to trust their people to work from home. But you know, what are the finance directors going to make of that in terms of uh, all that office space and what we're going to do of all of that? Interesting times ahead. So what I'd like to spend some time on now I've done a little bit of introduction on future proofing is to think about, yeah, how do we create quality reflection time? The art of successful networking and everyone groans and think, oh no, I've got to walk into a room with my business card saying how important I am and what I do. No, because we're not allowed to do that. I'm going to look at networking from a slightly different perspective. And also looking at opportunities. Is fully employable position realistic and at what level? And yeah, the recruitment market is going to go through well as i expect you've already all know it's going to be very challenging but i want us to spend some time thinking about our industry and target companies we used to have five and ten year plans it's more like five days and ten days at the moment but what are these businesses going to look like in the next six to twelve months which companies are worth targeting and which companies actually i think i'll give them a miss and perhaps if i'm in an industry that i need to sit and think perhaps I need to change direction. I did a coaching conversation with somebody in the construction industry today, and we were sort of having lots of conversations about how he perhaps needs to look at his project management skills and how he could diversify into other industries rather than just relying on the construction industry at the moment. I think this is really important. Can I demonstrate to people that I'm a great return on investment? Should they employ me? Or should they go and buy a new set of laptops or software for the business? And do I need to be more adaptable and agile? And obviously the new business word is pivot. 
other business jargon is available, but we'll try and sort of leave that for a while. And one of the key things I'm going to talk about today is please don't just rely on your CV to get yourself a job in terms of just sending it off to a recruitment consultant and hoping that everything's going to work out. We've got to think of other routes to the market as we would if we were a limited company. A limited company wouldn't just sell its products and services through one route and we need to be the same and to be a lot more adaptable and flexible. So I'm just going to uh, unshare my screen. Oh, there's a few more people that have joined us. So hello to you if I didn't say hello to you earlier. Um, anything in particular that you feel that you would like us to focus on? Anything that sort of resonates that, what, what's the biggest challenge at the moment? Motivation, I think. Motivation. Okay. I'll talk more about that, yes. Okay, so as I go along, if there's any questions, please shout. And also at the end, I'll spend some time at the end if people want to stay on and sort of do a bit of Q&A, that's absolutely fine. And as I said, if anybody's got, if you want to dig, you know, a bit deeper into some of the subjects that we're going to talk about and want to sort of give me a shout and uh, book up a Zoom call perhaps for, for next week or something, more than happy to do that. So let me crack on, but I will sort of talk about that motivational side and how we can perhaps find that because I think that's really, really quite important. So let me just share the, uh, the screen again. Always makes me go through them all again. So yeah, quality reflection time and constant. Uh, like a good limited company, we need to constantly be reviewing, analysing. It's the same with a sports person and their coach. Um, you know, they get coached before they go out and perform and they get coached afterwards and it's always ongoing. So we need to perhaps do this a bit ourselves. So I have, like most people, which is fascinates me that even in today's technological age, that we still love our notebooks and I love my notebook. So at the front of it, I have all my to-do lists, but all the magic is at the back. I have pages with different notes, different mind maps, different titles. And this is where I like to go and sometimes sit in different environments and think about what are my great ideas? What am I, you know, turn the mobile off and go and great, create great thinking. That personally helps me to re-motivate myself. And I know necessarily at the moment we can't do this, go to different environments. But it is important to quite often take yourself out of different, you know, out of your normal environment. I find it very difficult to sit in my office and think creatively. So, yeah, good reflection time is 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 absolutely vital. And as I said, if you want a copy of a, a, a review document, it's like a, a huge appraisal PDR document, which oh no, but you just focus on the bits that you want to cover and it asks you lots of questions and the ones that aren't relevant to you you just forget and um, move on to the bits that are so try and put this situation into the context of your career and long-term future and I think that's really quite important don't go into panic mode and don't make rash decisions that could create a negative impact speak to people you trust and there again I'll talk about networking in a moment there's good people that if we do feel that we lack motivation, who are the ones that are good calming influence, got good creative ideas, have that positive um, impact. I'm meeting actually on a sort of um, 
a networking walk tomorrow that we can finally do. And I'm meeting up with a couple of people that just make me think differently. They're, they're, you know, luckily they think I make them uh, think differently as well. We just all understand each other and get on really well. It acts as a great motivator. So find people who see things the same as you that you can spend time with. But I'll go into that into a bit more detail in a moment. But yeah, don't don't sort of keep talking to the people that are the doom and gloomers and the ones that sort of I had one. Uh, an old friend of mine the other week I, you know, we had a nice conversation but I did have to stop him halfway through and said look if you're going to continue sort of moaning and groaning and moaning about everybody them and they do you mind if we just sort of end the call I know it sounds a bit harsh but he was doing my head in and you know I'm happy to be a, a sounding board to someone but not for the, <laughs> the amount of time that he wanted to do reflect on your current business and industry is it perhaps now a time would you if, if you had to set up a business would you send that set up in your industry or do i need to think about what industries are going to be more prosperous for the future um think about how you can come out of this situation fitter and stronger what can i learn what can i develop it's great that you've all joined uh, me today on the on on this uh, webinar there's lots of great free learning stuff out there on on the internet go and find it go and develop yourselves but create this reflection time and time to think wisely and think about not just the immediate future, but think about, yeah, where do I want to go with this in the next year? I, I dare say we've got to make some uh, uh, immediate uh, decisions and reactions. <laughs> but then think two years, five years. How would I like my career to look like in the future? And how am I going to perhaps help myself to be future proofed and bulletproofed that I can deal with lots of different situations and you know able to diversify into different areas and also perhaps have a passion and do something that I really love um, which I'll talk about a bit bit later think long term no rash and panic decisions so please do create your thinking time as I said get your notebook at the back I have different notes my great ideas my mind maps um, my key values projects to focus on my big ideas personal goals <laughs> they've taken a bit of a hit because i was taking my mum to scotland last week um, which was going to be a big thing this year there's my networking list of people that i must keep in contact with on a regular basis films and, and books to watch uh, my values uh, what i've learned what i need to continue learning and just constantly thinking right am i you know looking after myself and there again, understanding my motivational values, what motivates me. So the art of successful networking is really a great place to start on this. And I would su suggest that just if you're not particularly good at this, find between five and 10 people, just write their names on a list, drop them an email, ask them some good questions and just start some interaction. We're not necessarily particularly good at this. Um, Please don't, you know, if something's happened to you in terms of you losing your positions, please just don't network, you know, contact the whole of your network and say, look, I need a job, help. Because people sit a bit desperate. Try and build some relationships. Ask them how they, their industry is going. Talk about them. Understand how they see things. Use this as free information that you can then start to think, how do I need to position myself? So networking is very much a two-way process. Um, Use LinkedIn. I had this conversation with someone else I was talking to um, this morning who was talking about how do I connect with good people? 
I'm thinking about changing my um, my my um, yeah my, the type of work that I do. And he says I'm going to change my title on my um, LinkedIn page. I said don't do that. Keep your title up with, and that in, in, enables you more to contact other people of similar positions. Because as soon as you put coach trainer um entrepreneur speaker or publisher or someone like me people go oh god they're trying to sell me something so use use a really good title at the moment to go and network with people and find out how they see the environment the way it's going to work and start to build some conversations also if you've worked with people in the past drop them a line say look you know I would I just like love your views on a few things could you give me 20 minutes or 15 minutes for a quick call and get them talking about themselves and that 10 minutes 15 minutes turns into 20 30 and they start giving you lots of free information then you can start to switch it around and talk about opportunities in their environments um, my, when my my son went to work in um, uh, uh, Singapore and Australia a couple of years ago for a company and when he was there I said to him you need to try and get you know 10-15 minutes for the CEO of those businesses and he says oh they won't want to talk to me I said look just go and have a chat with the PA and just think of some really good questions you'd like to ask them give them the questions and say look I'm on this internship for six months. I'd really love 10, 15 minutes of your time. Here's some questions I'd love to ask about your career and everything else like that. And of course, well, fortunately they said yes and sat down. And then of course he was in there for ages. He got them talking and they wouldn't stop talking and giving him all this free information and advice, but have really good questions to ask and show that you're interested in them. And that's the art of networking. And then as time goes on, as I said, you then surround yourself with certain people you totally trust and rely on. And with my, I've, as I said, I felt very vulnerable um, through this whole process, especially at the start. But I've had some great people that have helped me out and they just got me to think differently. And that's another key thing with your networking. Don't just talk to people that, um, that are like you. I quite often try and spend a lot of time with very uh, analytical, very structured people because I'm the complete opposite. And there again, I do like to spend some time with some complete mavericks that just come up with some <laughs> really crazy ideas. And you think, oh, that's a good idea. Or they may come up with something else. And, oh, that's a stupid idea. Um, and you ha it's amazing what sort of conversations you can then have. So start to think about broadening your network. The first thing to do, do a list, put it in your notebook, and then just send them an email, ask for a call, and you slowly build it up from there. Really important, your networking. Uh, if I'd have known all of this when I was 20, it'd have made my life so much easier. And if you do look on my YouTube channel, I did five interviews with young adults who are two years into their um, working careers. And it was amazing that all of them talked about networking and constant learning. And I found them really inspirational. And I'll talk more a bit about the different generations later. So a big thing for most of us is finding opportunities. Is fully employable position realistic and at what level? So do I need to be more realistic of what is out there? Do I perhaps need to think about more interim roles? A lot of recruitment consultants are saying to me, a lot of companies are going to put a freeze on headcount. So they won't necessarily be able to employ full time, but there's going to be more interim 
opportunities hopefully available, but the competition is going to be very strong. Please don't just rely on your CV. Sending it off, you've got to look at other ways of finding companies that you would like to perhaps prospect and target. No different to me, running my small little training business for my associates, I'm, I spend about four hours a day at least prospecting. Um, you obviously, I use a lot of LinkedIn and lose lots of other areas that I'll start to talk about. Use more consultancy techniques to get work. Do more due diligence on the industries and the companies that you're looking to do. It may be that I can take something for six months or give me an opportunity to think about what next. Um, understand their businesses really well so you can do what I'm going to talk about later, add real value or talk about the value that you can add. Think about freelance, think about project work, think about consultancy work. Don't just think about full-time employments. And there again, if some of us, and I do have, uh, I'm not trying to be ageism, but ageism does exist out there in the working environment. So you may find that if you can get interim work, freelance project work or consultancy work, it's a good way of getting into businesses to show your value. Um, it doesn't seem to have such an impact in those situations as full-time employment. And that's a that's based on lots of conversations I've had with lots of people. So sometimes it is a good way, a different way of looking to get into situations. Perhaps a total change of direction. Maybe what I need to do, perhaps now is the time, if you feel that that is. Someone said to me yesterday that I was talking to, I've just fallen out of love with what I do, and actually now I'm gonna make some real changes. Crack on. But obviously what's really important, and I have posted a video on this today, um, if you have got a passion or a love for something that you do, you have to ask yourself the question. You may have great passion for it, you may love it, <laughs> but is somebody gonna pay money for it? And do they want or need them? And I've done a uh, bit of a, a, a video. I, I did an article early in the week, but I've done a video on uh, my, uh, my, uh, my love for my own football programs that I absolutely adore. I'm never gonna turn it into a business. So think about the total change in direction, but talk to people get advice. You can't have enough conversations, but choose the right people to talk to. Target specific companies. Now you may not get in there now with them, but perhaps in the next couple of years, follow them on LinkedIn. Follow, their, um, fo follow them on LinkedIn. Um, you know, look on their websites on a regular basis. A lot of these companies have referral programs. And what that means is that they go out to their employee ease first and say look do you know anybody that you could re recommend or refer so they're perhaps not using as cons uh, recruitment con consultants quite as much so there again it's good to find companies that you're looking to work for and you'd like to work for to find people that work in there that you can get and build up a relationship and they can offer you their referral information but it does involve a lot of work a lot of research a lot of due diligence yes it's hard work it can be painful but what's the alternative you know something's not just going to sort of come and land on our lap at the moment so we've got to be out there and making sure that yeah looking for a job as we all know those that are, are looking is is like a full-time job or it should at least be a part-time job
So, and also, yeah, as I said, you know, get connected with, with people with the same roles. And that's quite a good way of doing this at the moment to find out how they see things. Yes, there's going to be lots of difficult stories out there, but there again, build relationships with people. That's what I'm trying to do at the moment. And most people on, on this session are people that I've connected with on LinkedIn. I'm just trying to connect with more people as possible, not for now, but for the future um to help me with with my business idea my business model it 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 does take a lot of effort and work but it, it it's worth it so please think about that and there again i mean is there any any questions on any of those okay so as i said if there's anything specific you want to talk to me about afterwards or uh, another time please 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 do so yeah, what is, what is our industry and target companies going to look like? This is very good that if you've got people that you've worked with before in your organisations that you've respected, and they were just, you know, some good words of wisdom that used to come out of, their, uh, out of them, contact them, ask them some two or three really good questions about how they see the industry, the future in certain areas. And start to, you know, there again, like a consultant, you gather this information and think, right, where do I need to target? This is no different to a limited company. Where's my target audience? Who are the people that I'd like to do business with? In, in, in other words, and you'll laugh at this, but when people are working in full-time employment, I say to them, you need to treat your manager, your directors and the company as a client. <laughs> a lot of people say, do I really have to? Not that lot. Yes, because you need to understand your managers, your directors and, and, and the people that are running your business. What are they going to need in the future? So how you can constantly stay of value and relevance. Two really important words. How am I going to stay of value and relevance for the future so people want to employ me? Whether it is freelance as a consultant, intern, full-time employment. The concepts are exactly the same. They're no different. And, you know, we are that limited company. So technology. Yes, uh, LinkedIn and Zoom have become my favorite friends and a bit of teams here and there, um, learning more how that works. Um, so, yeah, but there's going to be other technologies that, that are going to change. And there's going to be companies that exist now that won't exist in two years. And in two years time, there'll be new companies that exist that don't exist now. And there again, same with jobs. There'll be certain jobs that will be irrelevant. Last year, I spent quite a lot of time with some sales teams and they were out and about sales teams, uh, field-based as we call them. They're expensive acquisition to have a field-based sales team for most companies. And I was a bit concerned with how they felt their durability was within the organization. And they were trying to justify the fact that they would get in their car, drive for three hours for one meeting and wouldn't necessarily get huge amounts out of that but they'd say yeah but you know face-to-face uh, -face contact is so much better and I, I was starting to get quite worried about some of these sales teams and I think unfortunately what's happened has really highlighted that and yeah a lot of companies are going to be looking at totally different ways of using technology and marketing to get their message to clients rather than traditional based sales teams and that is a harsh reality um, I'm working with a company at the moment that um, sell into doctors, surgeries and into hospitals. Well, when are they going to go, be able to go back in there? They've got to look at it from a different way. So social habits have changed. 
my son played bingo with uh, 20 of his football friends a few Saturdays ago. And I said to him, did you ever think on a Saturday night you'd be playing bingo with all your football buddies? And he goes, actually, it's really good fun. We might do it again uh, sometime. But our social habits are changing. And as we, you know, those that are on the call at the start, we were just talking about people not perhaps wanting to go back into work. Actually, no, I quite like it here um, in my own environment. Other people, no, can't wait to get back. You know, it's, it's, but the social habits are changing. So you need to think about who your target audience and industry is and starting to think. Who do I need to put my efforts into? What types of companies? Who do I need to follow? Not just necessarily for now. Do I, I do appreciate and I do admire quite a lot of people that I've, I've been speaking to who've just gone and got some part time short term positions because they need the finances to come in, which is, you know, very sensible. But then they're then sitting down thinking, right, who am I going to start targeting? If I can just get some part-time work going, it's not what I want to do, it's not the, the ideal job, but it gives me some breathing space to really start thinking a bit more longer term and, 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 and thinking where I can go with these areas. So are you a good return on investment? Would you employ you, but why? Um, I often tell the story about going up to London to the theatre. It's a rather expensive activity that we used to do before lockdown. And that's just the train journey. And then you get up to London and you perhaps go out for dinner. And that's not cheap either. But you think, no, it's going to be a great event going to the theatre. I know the tickets are expensive. I know the train was expensive. I know the meal before the theatre is expensive, but it's going to be worth it. You go to the theatre, you then invest in the most expensive bo uh, bottle of beer and perhaps a, a small bottle of Prosecco and a gin and tonic you've ever in, uh, spent your money on. And then on your way into the theatre, you then decide to invest in a bag of Maltesers and a small tub of Beach Dean ice cream. Other brands are available, but Beach Dean are based in High Wycombe, so I always uh, promote them. And um, you think it's going to be so expensive, but yep, yeah, just pay the money, go in and enjoy the theatre production. So you're sat there in the theatre, there's energy, there's excitement, and you think this is going to be absolutely wonderful. I can't wait. The curtain goes up, the cast come on, they're singing, they're dancing, you think this is just absolutely brilliant. What a great event. I know it's been so expensive, but this is going to be superb. And then suddenly, halfway through the first song, the whole of the cast just stop. They look at the audience and say, do you know how many times you've sung this blooming song? We're fed up with this. You think, well, that's not very professional, is it? That's not a very good return on in my investment. So as I always say to people, you know, just even your body language when you go into work, are you saying to people, do you want to be there? Do you want to be participate, part of the team? And this is a really important thing that sometimes we talk about the past instead of the future. So thinking about professional responsibility being really good at what we do we've already talked about some sporting icons a bit earlier my favorite is Roger Federer as I call it Roger Federer thinking he knows exactly why he's good and performs to the best of his abilities all the time and knows how to demonstrate he is so self-aware we need to be the same but this is an area that I want to talk about is quite often our CV look at our CVs and look at the conversations we have with people. We quite often are always talking about what we've done in the past. 
David, after, oh, wow, I'm brilliant. I've got 20 years experience doing leadership management courses, coaching sessions, emotional intelligence, negotiation, you name it. I've been, I've worked for all these companies. I met all these people. That's, yeah, that's great, David. Yeah, good for you. That's what you did in the past. But what's the value and the relevance you can bring to the future? And I think that's really, really quite important as a consultant. If you're a consultant going into a company to sell your current company, You'd sit there with confidence, you'd know what you're going to talk about, but you'd be talking about the solutions, the problems you're going to solve. You would talk in a totally different way than when we present ourselves quite often. We need to reverse this. Demonstrate and show the true value that you can bring. Yes, it, there is relevance to our experience and what we've done in the past. And that builds credibility and shows that we're competent in what we do but we need to talk about what we can do for the future. The job market and the competition is gonna get hotter and hotter. So one area that a lot of us don't necessarily like is selling ourselves. And this is the bit everyone goes, oh God, do we have to? And when I've doing face-to-face training um, meetings in companies, I often say to people, sometimes quite senior people, well, I'll give you five minutes preparation time. You can come out the front and present to everybody else why you add value to this business and why you're a good return on investment. Very few people ever want to take me up on that offer. But I get asked this every day of the week. Why should we employ you, David? Why should we give you the gig? Why should we let you train our people? Why should we spend all this money on you know, letting our people come out of work and paying your fees for you to come and train us? If I haven't got a good answer for this, I'm stuffed. And so are we all. There again, this is really good where you get a good network of friends, perhaps people to give you a bit of tough love and say, mm, you really do need to work on this. You need to work on that. You need to be comfortable at selling yourself. No differently that you're comfortable about talking about companies that you've worked for in the past. If a customer phoned up and made a complaint and said, well, you're not very good, you'd stand your ground and say, no, we're good for all these reasons. And you'd feel confident and competent in doing that. We need to be the same of ourselves. So if that's an area that we need to practice, really, really important. As I said, David's got loads of years experience, but is it the right experience for the future? I need to demonstrate that and constantly be developing ourselves, which I think we all get. But just in a nutshell, my auntie, who unfortunately passed away last year, she was 90 when we bought her first iPad. And it was the first time that she'd ever used a computer in her life. And so she could Skype her family in Australia. Um, yeah, and <laughs> it was quite experienced. She always used to say to me, what else can I type into Google? And I'd say, you just be careful. Just deal with the BBC website. That, that, that will do you. So constantly developing and start to thinking, what are the key competencies and knowledge you will need for your future? And start to plan it and think about it and develop it. It's your responsibilities, your learning and development department to keep your business open. So... Do I need to be more adaptable, agile, and able to pivot? Can't say that word. Definitely. Now, these are my two advisors, uh, my two children. This is a very old photo. Um, that can of Colesberg wasn't my son's then, but I'm sure he's drunk a few of them since. And I've loved having them at home over lockdown because they've got me to think differently. They've got me to look at the world from a different perspective. And they get me to watch different things. We have different conversations. And I love speaking to their friends. 
Uh, I've, I've always, you know, I've, I've done a lot of talks in colleges and schools and the youngsters in them can give you a bit of a hard time. If you want to practice your presentation techniques, you know, when schools will let us go back and, and present to them, give it a go. Because um, they, 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 some of them can be, you know, give you a real tough time. And I remember one group that I was working in Uxbridge, Uxbridge College, and there was about 60 of them and me, and they're all jumping around and causing mayhem. So I had to give my, uh, my teacher a look and stare them out. And I actually said to them, why do you think I'm here today? And they all said, oh, you want, to, you want to motivate us, you want to inspire us, you want to give something back. And I just looked at them to get their attention and said, no, I don't really give a damn about any of you in this room. So I really got their attention then. I said, all I want to know is how you think and how you see things, because you're going to be my customers in the future. In, our, in the training world, we call it reverse mentoring. You need better mentors around you all the different generations. My auntie, who was 90, was my mentor. She was wonderful. My, my ex-HR director from over 21 years ago, when I worked for Firma Lawyers, she's still my mentor. But I'm now getting lots of other mentors of different generations and different age groups. Why? They inspire me. They make me think differently. They get, give me good advice. They give you some tough love. They tell it bluntly as well, especially my daughter. Um, so you may like to think about time for a new mentor. Go and have some different conversations with people. Think about, yeah, what skills and experiences do I need to know? New technology to learn, new ways of thinking, different ways of reflection, new opportunities. I've always had that opportunity in life where people have said, do you fancy doing this? If the answer's, well, if I haven't done it before, the answer's always yes. And that's why I quite often, I've got so many different hobbies. New conversations, I love, and as I said to the chat this morning, um, I didn't need to take his call for half an hour and give him half an hour, but I wanted to because I was really interested just about how he saw things. I wasn't going to earn any work out of it, but it got me thinking slightly differently and I have lots of, and, and I, I need new ideas constantly and, and different ways of thinking. I'm playing golf with a friend on Saturday He's had a bit tough time of it, but he's totally maverick. He's a bit entrepreneurial and he just looks at the world through different spectacles. And I love spending time with him. Just makes me think differently. But then I've got other friends who are very precise, structured, and just give very sensible common sense. And sometimes you need those conversations. New reading. So start to think about, yeah, do I need to watch more good documentaries, better reading, and create new ways of thinking and seeing the situation and there again with with the use of your reflection time and your notebook this gets you to think right am I focusing in the right areas and sometimes we have to change old habits that hold us back and sometimes people need to give you a bit of tough love um, you know don't get defensive accept it go fair play I understand what you're talking about so please do think about that area I think it's a real key aspect for our future development. We need to understand how the different generations see things. And as I said, on my YouTube site, I've got lots of different interviews with people at uh, different age groups. I've even got a 15 year old um, lad that um, he set up his own YouTube site. And I thought, well, I need, to, <laughs> I need more help with my YouTube site. So I interviewed him and he's given me loads, loads of new information. And that was really good actually. Um, and yeah, he was, he was really good with that. So, what has your limited company got to offer? How are you going to maximise your talents? 
How are you going to get out there and start to think, how am I going to market myself? Don't just rely on sending a CV in. Think about your LinkedIn profile. Think about other social media. I'm not asking you to start writing and doing YouTubes and things like that. But if you want to, give it a go. But I think if you've got a LinkedIn site, you should show that you are commenting on things in your industry and you are putting some things out there because your LinkedIn profile is like your CV these days. People, if they're going to employ, they're going to look at it and they want to see the impact you're having. Think about targeting certain companies and looking at different ways of doing those things and yeah where your passions are but obviously as i said earlier you know it may be a great passion of yours but make sure that someone's going to want to pay money for it and it's got longevity attached to it so how are we going to keep ourselves open um we've got to show that we're open for business as an individual as our limited company but yeah we've got to get out there and shout about ourselves a little bit more as well Networking is really important, not desperately, but offering help and assistance to others and building conversations. And I said, as I said, for a lot of you, if you've got a good job title on your LinkedIn, go and link in with other people with similar titles or perhaps just a little bit more and try and, you know, sort of see what they're doing and how they're doing and, and finding certain companies that could perhaps uh, be more prosperous from, from the ones that we've been involved in in the past. So, as we sort of come to the end four top tips create quality reflection time and as i said if you want to email me for the reflection document please do happy to send that off to you and just explain how that works you are your company's sales team learn how to wave your flag if you can't sell yourself and promote yourself and market yourself and talk positively about yourself who's going to do it for you and i know that when i was very young and left school, I was very naive. I honestly thought that the insurance company that I worked for was gonna send home a report to my parents and my mum would sort of sort me out because she did everything else for me. Um, but no, we, I think we all realize as we do, yeah, we've got to you know, do it for ourselves. Procrastination isn't an answer. So it is about creating structure to your days, structure to your weeks and turning you're prospecting and looking for opportunities into a full-time job. But yes, look at positions now, but also who knows how long this is going to go on. Think about the future. What would I like to do? Do I need to perhaps start learning? Do I need to perhaps start having conversations or exposing myself to other environments so I can make some transitions perhaps from out of one industry to another? And yeah, please don't just rely on your CV. And I think that's really quite important. And as I said, with your CVs, I, I think they should be more of a, you know, the front sheet of a great proposal. Uh, I always talk to people about presentations and proposals. There's the academic way. These are our findings. And then at the back page is the solution. Or a business presentation where you just go, there's the answer, 56. And they'll ask you if they like it. So be a little bit more upfront about what you can offer and what the, the, the value and the solutions you can offer, how I can demonstrate my relevance and value, really important. So please, from, <clears throat> from today, you know, make a decision. Sit down and think, right, what are the, out of this webinar, what are three decisions I'm gonna do in terms of making my limited company more, ha have more opportunities? Uh, it is a lot of hard work. Um, 
I haven't gone into sort of much on the well-being side and things like that. That's, that's another subject for another day that we all need to work on. Um, I've got my own way, way of sort of, you know, dealing with my own well-being. And we're all going to be slightly different on that. There's loads of great stuff out there, but uh, do that. But start to think about, yeah, what decisions do I need to make? What conversations do I have? What reflection do I need to have? And I think that's really quite important to think, right, short term, I need to get a job you know, to, to get me going. But this has actually made me think that long term, what is it I really want to do? So when I look at when I get to ever retire <laughs> and at my retirement do, I can look back and go, do you know what? That's all right. That I quite enjoyed that. Now bring on the next part of my life. And I think that's really quite important um, that you know, we, we've got to enjoy what we do because we're going to be good at it then. And we're going to have a passion for it and people want to employ us. So, as I said, if there is any questions, please stay on and, and ask them in a moment. But if you do want to get in contact, we're you know, more than happy to have conversations with you next week. Um, but, yeah, the book covers this in more detail. Um, the LinkedIn, there's always different postings and the YouTube site has got lots of different information on there. And also my website, which is just David Yebsley, um, has got lots of different areas on there. And especially with regards to sort of summarises on the importance of keeping ourselves going um, for the rest of our working careers and investing in, in, in ourselves. So um, has any questions or any thoughts on what you feel is the most important thing you can take away from what we've been discussing. Yeah, I think stop procrastinating was about the best bit. Yeah. And try getting to setting yourself little targets, yeah. little to-do lists yeah. each day. Um, you know, out on that bike, um, making X number of phone calls, a few emails, yeah. just, just to people that you know, or, you know, send me one. <laughs> I'm, I'm, always, I'm always open to new friends and someone to talk to. But even if it's, and, and there again, if you, I search through the television channels to see what good documentaries are on. So even when I watch telly, I, I always have to feel that I'm achieving something as a person. I'm, I'm a bit sort of, I can never sit down. So I even plan sort of, you know, what I want to watch. And so I think, yeah, I'm going to make a, I've watched some great movies that I haven't, I've, I've never watched before and really been inspired some, by certain things. Um, but yeah, so I, I go and plan those things. Go and pick a book. If you don't know what book to read, either give me a shout because I've got millions on my, um, on my uh, bookshelf or phone a friend, <laughs> phone a friend who, who you know that, you know, reads a lot and just say, well, what do you recommend? And you've got yourself, set yourself little targets. And I think that's really important to keep yourself going. But, yeah. And I think the key thing is having conversations with people, but not the ones that are going to go, oh, yeah, it's crap out there. Did I tell you the time? And I'll tell you what's the problem with this country. And I'll tell you what Boris should be doing. And I'll tell you what they should. No, you don't need them. You just need some good people that, you know, yeah, there again, sometimes we do need people we can offload to. But you need to that, that mixture. So no prasticate, no procrastination, if I can say it. That's a good one. What, what, what other key things can we take? I also like the idea of the LinkedIn being your shop window. I don't know if you said shop window, but that's what I wrote down. So yeah. I think that, you know, being more active on LinkedIn, you know, I, do, I'm an, I absorb information, but do I actually say anything about myself? So I think that was a good point. Because companies yeah. that look at you will look at your profile. Yeah. Yeah. Someone else the other day said, actually, with LinkedIn as well, don't just like things. Actually, 
comment on them in a positive way. Yeah. Because in effect, that becomes part of your profile, which I took in and thought, you know, quite often we all tick the like button, but how often do we actually spend the time and think, I'm going to put a comment in yeah. at the bottom? Yeah. Because that becomes part of your profile as well. So, that's correct. Uh, so yeah, that's the, I, I took that as a really positive, uh, yeah. a positive point. So you, you're right, David. LinkedIn, I think, is... I mean, I've been a member of LinkedIn... Ooh, 15 no nearly 20 years now when it kind of started off as a, a small idea yeah and now i think it's so important um you know it is a digital cv yes um, very much so yeah but, people want to see that you're engaged in your environment yeah i mean another one and, and, I, and I do like your youtube channel as well but uh, someone actually made the comment the other day that actually video cvs um yes are becoming a, a, a kind of a, a norm as well. So it's almost worth thinking, how do I do that? How do I sit in front of a camera with just a headshot and do, I'm gonna sell myself exactly what you said, David, you know, um, stand up five minutes, why should I employ you? And actually yeah. a, a, a short, brief video CV, it's not a bad thing to do. Yeah. And it's good practice. You can easily, you can eat, you can sign up for Zoom for free. You don't have to go for the paid version that I've done. The only thing the paid version gives you is more than 40 minutes and literally record it and practice it. And that's what I've done. And I never thought this time last year that I would have a YouTube site. Uh, I sat down with someone and we discussed it and whatever. And I, I've, you know, okay, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not going to make me a multimillionaire, but it really has helped me. And it's just good practice so you don't need lots of kit um you can set it up with your phone you can set it up with your laptop or and just practice as as, as gwen has said just say to yourself why why should you employ me for fun and, and then think of some stories what is important to put some stories in there and have a good story to to what not what you've done but also what you can do and don't forget but that that's a really good tip doing that's a really good practice as well doing a video yeah. um cv Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I've enjoyed that, David. So, Good. thanks very much. Yeah. That's a pleasure. Good to see. You. Thank you for joining us. If anyone's got any personal questions or whatever, wants to sort of ask anything, please do, or please just get in contact. I'm always happy to to have a conversation. Now, I will be emailing you for your review document. So, Brilliant. Uh, okay. So, yeah. So, thanks very much. All right. Take care. Thanks for your time. Yeah.